0: hello, welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast A few housekeeping points before we begin Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced So people, verses, hadith, etc. They are all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid Number two I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing well. So, I get a lot of questions about prayer and fasting while somebody is traveling. And because I, fortunately or unfortunately, travel a lot, this is something that I have spent a long time thinking about, you know, trying to find the best combination, you know, the most uh, simple way of, of keeping one's prayer and one's fast uh, while traveling. So, I want to, you know, i want to discuss this, inshallah, for the next few minutes. So, let's start with fasting. Now, of course, we all know that there's a dispensation, uh, a rukhsa, to, you know, to, to not fast, to break your fast. And here we're talking about, of course, a Ramadan fast. If it's a, a fast, a sunnah fast, you know, you know, you could choose not to fast while you're traveling, etc. But I guess this is more along the lines of a Ramadan fast, so traveling while in the month of Ramadan. And we all know that there's a dispensation, there's a ruhsa to break your fast when you're traveling. However, the challenge is, is that in the verses that discuss the fast, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "Wa antasumu خَيْرٌ lakum." You know, but if you're able to fast, it's better for you uh, spiritually. So, you know, this creates kind of like a moral dilemma: Should I break my fast? Should I not break my fast? Etc. So, first, let's talk about the the fiqh of fasting. You know, if you're traveling on a plane across a couple of time zones and you know you begin your journey fasting when do you know how to break your fast well the only way is to you know look out the window and see if the sun has set because the fasting the beginning of the fast and the end of the fast has to do with where you are at that particular location you know before the sun rises then you can eat Uh, while the sun is out you can't and then when the sun sets you can break your fast And this is why I think it creates some kind of difficulty, because if you are, depending on which way you're traveling, you know, east or west or north or south, the day can either get much longer or much shorter. So the only way to know, again, when to begin the fast and when to break the fast is to look out the window. And here I'm assuming you're sitting on a plane somewhere and observe, is the sun out or the sun not out? And for some people that's difficult. And that's why we have this dispensation. So what do I do, given what we've just discussed, is that if I travel within the time zone that I'm in, or one to two time zone, one or two hour time zones, either way, east or west, I will typically keep my fast, because that means the trip is going to be short, Uh, I can, you know, even if it adds an hour or two to the fasting day, it's not going to be the end of the world, and you know, why, why break your momentum in Ramadan and I don't want the burden of having to make up the days later in the year. So I will typically keep my fast. However, and unfortunately, most of my trips are not like that. Most of my personal trips are, are very long uh, across the Atlantic Ocean, either east or west, uh, typically. So I'm, you know, traveling six, seven, sometimes even eight time zones uh, away from my quote-unquote home. And in that case, I typically break my fast, uh, because it becomes very, very difficult to constantly observe. I've tried it before, you know, to constantly look out the window, and then sometimes you want to ask, oh, can you ask the captain if the sun has set? And, you know, people on the plane, they find that very strange. Well, why do you want to know if the sun has set? And things like that. So I think that in that case, the dispensation is is warranted, and I break my fast without, you know, feeling bad about it. And then... The other challenge I have found is if, you're, if your travel lasts a couple of days, you're off your eating patterns. You know, you're in a hotel or you're a guest somewhere and you might not find you know, the food properly prepared for suhoor or for iftar or whatever. That also adds a, ladder, a level of, of, of difficulty. So uh, for that reason, if the, if, the fast, if the travel rather is across a few time zones, uh, more than three, I would typically break my fast. So that's, that's the, you know, the skinny on fasting prayer so prayer let's discuss it into two chunks the first chunk would be wudu you know as we wash and prepare for prayer and then the prayer itself so the first thing when it comes to wudu is when i travel i definitely right off the bat i take the hambali opinion that you know anything that covers the feet uh what we would typically in our modern parlance call socks uh are wipeable uh materials uh, as opposed to like the leather hoof that the other madhams talk about. So um, as long as I have wudu and I place over my feet, above my ankles, a pair of socks, I will consider then, when I'm traveling, I can wipe over those for a period of three days, which is the ruling of wiping over the socks in the sharia. I personally like REI socks. I'll link those in the episode notes. They're like hiking socks. Um, But whatever, any thick socks that you like, uh, you know, are, are fine. But the reason I highlight that is that I, I typically don't wear hiking socks, but when I travel, I like to wear thicker socks because of the plane and walking around and, you know, uh, you're going to take your shoes off to pray if you're like uh, at a prayer area in an airport or something like that. And I like to have a, a thicker sock on me. But if you wore a thinner sock and you follow the Hanbeli opinion, you could wipe over it as well. So that dispensation right there, that makes life easier. Uh, with the wudu, you know, uh, having to pray in, in public... Ba- uh, sorry, having to make wudu in public bathrooms and things like that. The second tool that I have is I always travel with a microfiber towel. And again, I'll, I'll send... I'll put a link in the episode notes to the one that I, I use. And this has been a, an absolute game changer for me because the microfiber towel, it wipes off the water when after I make wudu very easily and the towel itself dries very rapidly and... Because it dries very rapidly, I can often use that as a, a, a little carpet if I have to make sujood somewhere if I can't find a, a designated prayer area. So, for all of the, those reasons, as a matter of fact, I I have it in my bag all the time, even when I'm not traveling. It's just such a great little you know tool uh, for wudu and prayer and things like that. It's very easy to wash as well. Uh, so, this has also been a game changer for me. So, these tool these two tools. Uh, the socks and like the towel, they help me maintain wudu easier, easily while I'm traveling. As far as prayer is concerned, the first thing I will say is I do not use the compass on the phone. I have found that to be not accurate and not effective. And actually, I remember one time, I believe I was in the prayer room in Frankfurt Airport, I believe. And there was a sign you know, when you walk in the prayer area that said, please do not use the compass to double check the qibla, it's already been checked properly. And the way that the building has constructed, you know, your app compasses will not work. And I, I remember feeling, yeah, that's, that's been my experience. So I actually I travel with an old fashioned compass. And using a compass is a skill that I think all of us really need, to know how to use, I mean, it's a very simple thing. I'll I'll link a very short YouTube clip to how to use a compass. I use myself a base plate compass. That's the one that I've used ever since I was in sixth grade, you know, sleepaway camp, and it's just I'm used to it. But any compass will do. And whenever I'm somewhere in the world and I need to know, you know, if it's time to pray, one of the things I got to do is you you know you got to figure out the qibla. And I like to, you know, just have the little compass with me to determine. And that way I don't have to ask people. And, you know, people are very, they, it's a very strange question. It's not a normal question for people, at least in the Western part of the world, where, you know, people I think have lo- kind of lost touch with with the cardinal directions. If you can look out and know where the sun is, and know that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and you that way you can determine the qibla, that's also helpful. However... Um, I was doing that until I started traveling to London a lot, where the sun is not always out, as my British friends will attest to. And uh, it it, meant having a compass is sort of essential. So you can't always rely that you'll be able to just to look out and know the direction based on the sun. And if you travel overnight and you're transiting or you arrive at a location and it's nighttime and there's no sun, you definitely won't be able to determine east west unless you can look at the stars if there's no pollution and all of that so anyway compass is something that we all need to learn how to use and that's an essential tool when i travel prayer on the plane now this is a little will sound a little bit strange but it's you know this could be a teaching moment for all of us the later fuqaha debated uh up until the modern period you know is prayer on the plane valid or not And in the late Shafi'i school, and that's the the school of thought that I predominantly follow in my my acts of worship and stuff like that, Imam al-Rafai, rahimahullah, he argued that praying in the middle of the air violates an essential component of prayer, which is that you have to be attached or somehow connected to the earth. So connection to the earth, uh, he argued, and the later Shafi'is argued, is one of the conditions of prayer. So when it came to modern you know, transportation and airplane and all of that, that violates one of those conditions. So according to that opinion, there is no prayer on the plane because the the obligation to pray is suspended. Now, that's something that I follow because I think that the Sharia argument is sound in, in that. And there are other difficulties of praying in the plane, which is you have to also know for sure when the time has come in, just like with the fasting, you have to know when the time has come in uh, for a particular prayer you also have to know the direction of the qibla and you have to face the direction and stand and pray all of the motions so just because the plane is a tight space doesn't mean you just get to, to pray on the chair uh, you only pray sitting down as if you physically can't stand so because there are so many deficiencies in that transaction you know knowing the time is difficult knowing the direction is difficult and the movement of the prayer on the plane is difficult i think that the argument of the later shafii's makes a lot of sense from a Sharia point of view. I also happen to think that this opinion also helps for other reasons, which is it's very odd to pray on the plane, and, um, you know, uh, unless the plane has like a designated masala like some airlines do, uh, it's very odd to pray on the plane, uh, and... I'm very happy that this is an opinion that is completely valid from a Sharia point of view and it is one that I I follow and I encourage all of my family to follow and when people ask me my advice, this is the advice I get. So what does this mean? I just simply do not pray on the plane and whenever I land, whether it's a transiting city or it's my final destination, I make up the prayers that I've missed. Uh, Sometimes it's one. Uh, actually, sometimes it's none, depending on where I'm, I'm traveling and when. And sometimes it might be a whole, a whole five cycle of prayers because the takeoff from the origin city is before a particular set of prayers and then you know overnight and, and the time difference, etc. So I do not pray on the plane, not because I don't want people to look at me, but because I think that the Sharia argument is sound. It also helps with the other aspects, the social aspects as well. The next issue of prayers, of course, uh, combining and shortening the prayers. So, as a Shafi'i, that's something that is is fine uh, to combine and shorten the prayers, uh, and I do that, of course, when I when I travel. So it makes the transaction of praying quick uh, and to the point. And um, when I arrive somewhere, if my if my uh, trip itself is you know three days or less. Uh, then of course I can continue combining and shortening throughout that. Um, and that that's something that's also easy. And I guess the last thing to discuss is prayer location. So lately, I have been making a concerted effort when I travel uh, and I need to pray at an airport to find a designated like chapel or prayer room, meditation room. They all have different names around the world. And usually when you find them, you'll find some kind of Uh, prayer rug or some kind of islamic you know calendar or direction of qibla i mean because muslims you know frequent those places often and i have made more of an effort uh, lately to do that when i was younger i would just you know it's time to pray and i would just pray and usually i was traveling with companions or family, so it wasn't a problem Uh, but i do think that I can concentrate better if I'm, if I'm in a, prayer, a designated prayer space. I mean, those movements that somebody would see as funny make sense in the prayer space and they don't make sense, you know, by like the gate of the plane or something like that. But sometimes, actually I would say about half the time, the, prayer, the designated prayer space is completely the opposite direction of the gate or there's not enough time to get there or you'd have to get to another building and, you know, it's not as easily accessible and in that case, I would just find a quiet space and I would pray. Uh, and the reason I mentioned previously that I combine my prayers is that it makes the prayer, even if it's two rakas less, if it's a four rak'ah prayer, for example, and combining, it means that the, the time that you have to stand there sort of in public praying uh, is not so long. So, you know, you just you do your thing and it's, it's going to be a few minutes anyway, and that will help you concentrate. And if you're traveling with people, you know, you can pray one at a time and, or if you're you know, by yourself, you just make an effort to find an empty place. And and more, more often than not, that's sort of an acceptable way. So these are some of my thoughts, both, I guess, Sharia thoughts and sort of just practical thoughts on fasting, making wudu, and praying while traveling. Uh, for some of you, I hope this is helpful. Maybe for others, you don't travel or, you know, it doesn't apply. I apologize. Uh, but for me... It's something that's definitely a part of my life on a monthly basis uh, I have to you know think about this and uh, I have tried various you know uh, tools like socks and towels and things and I'm very happy that I finally found a combination that works for me and actually I I would I want to say one more thing which is the like the towel example or like the compass those are things that I have found very useful even day to day not everywhere you go you know where the direction of the prayer is or there's like a proper wudu facility. And unfortunately, I would even say in parts of the Muslim world where I go. Um, For whatever reason, it's not always the easiest thing. So these tools I have found to be tremendous. I mean, I wish I had this towel. I I know it sounds really silly. I'm going on and on about this towel. I wish I had this microfiber towel when I was at Al-Azhar because the wudu facilities in the mosque were not the best. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I had many, many difficult <laughs> wudu moments in that situation. So I have found that these, these things that I have, I have acquired, like the compass, learning how to use it, the towel, uh, the thick socks, something to be essential. If I'm going out for the day and I know that I'm not going to be uh, in a, next to a mosque or next to my house, or, you know, I'm going to be in meeting for meeting, building the, you know, office building, office building, these things are very helpful, uh, in those tight spots. So it's something... Uh, check out the notes in inshallah those will help you uh and if you guys like this kind of format where i'll discuss these type of contemporary issues let me know and we can do more of them uh i'll talk to you soon inshallah take care